0: what is good divine dolls and divine dudes so i want to make this really short it's almost a part two to um me just sharing my experience of of what happened i kind of sorta got pulled into almost serving jury duty i ended up being in this in the audience but we still had to sit through and listen to the to the initial and make sure that they had enough jury people plus alternates and so um but I want to make this short. There was something that the judge mentioned. He said that his first case, he had a, a, a black guy and he told his lawyer, I want to make sure I have a jury of peers. And, you know, that's something that I grew up with, you know, and being pro black. It's kind of like, oh, well, did they have a jury of peers? Were there enough black people on there and that type of thing? And one of the questions that I found myself musing about in the last podcast was just, you know, I could see back in the days when, you know, um, you would have all male or all white juries and then people would be getting lynched. But I think in today's day and age, I mean, to me, I think it, it, it could almost come across as abusive. Like, don't ask me. To be on the jury, thinking that just because I'm black, I'm gonna plead not guilty, and and then I'm gonna keep it one hundred with you. Um, I mentioned in the last podcast. Thankfully, it wasn't one of us. You know what I'm saying? Um, but um, on either part, you know, the person who did it and the person who, and, and still respecter of life, you guys, because this thing, um. I talked about how I just I I'm not happy with loss of life, you know. um I feel it more for my community, so it's the same way you would feel it more. Like I feel it more when my grand aunt passed, or family members. Will I feel bad if my neighbors pass? Yes, they're not related to me, but still feel it nonetheless. But I was just like, ooh. Hoo. Let this be one of us. And then let me find out he did this to, to another one of us or to a woman. Oh, bruh. bruh. <laughs> now nah, you going to do time, no sympathy over here. And I think that it's even things too. Like, I mean, if anybody's going to ever have a, a, you know, um, what do you call it? A client, you know, and your black client is, um is a man asking me as a black woman no i 'm not your parent because I am woman identified right I know that not a lot, not a lot of black women are and I almost wonder what role that plays to contributing where we are in society you know where you know one of the things I wanted to mention and it 's coming together seamlessly i, I always uh, talk about how sometimes something is on my mind, and it I wait until the right time when I can seem, uh, I can stitch the pieces together. But it 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 um it affects our community. But it's to the point where I've talked about how Black women are cutting and pasting what it means to be Black. But I also think that unfortunately, when did being Black mean being pro? degeneracy like i don't want being black to be associated with oj i don't want being black to be associated being with bill cosby i don't want black to be associated being with r kelly like no i'm not with the shits like it's not i'm not going so um but a lot of black women have taken on you know what it means to be pro-black means that we are not holding each other accountable so then what happens is you have it to where it's starting to cost us right um there was one black judge in particular i don't remember the case right off of the bat but oh i think it's the the one that i've been talking about the story i've been talking about lately um where it was this one um obviously a black guy he had like seven counts that he had been brought up on and it was so egregious like i mean it was just When you talk about the angels covering their faces, you know, from how dark the energy is. But um, the ones that I remember was it was um, like aggravated assault, um, attempt to penetrate with a harmful object. Um, It was along the lines of domestic violence. And there was one other... um, Aspect of it, it was like seven in total. But I mean, they were some of the most heinous descriptions I've ever heard about. Well, um, and this was domestic violence against his girlfriend. So um, they brought him in, and the the judge set his bail at a hundred thousand. And um, you know, there's questions about you know. So this is a black woman. Why are you letting this person um, have bail so low? And why, um, yeah, like he shouldn't even have had bail. So she, um, the mom on top of that, right? The mom went and bailed him out. She put the house up and to get the 10,000 post bond. Two days later, he comes back. He kills his mom who posted bail for him. Kills the girlfriend that he was trying to kill in the first place in a vicious manner. And kills the father that was there and unfortunately the father bless his heart he had served in um i believe vietnam but the the reason he was in a weakened state is because he had been going to chemotherapy for cancer so he you know god bless him i mean he's deceased but it's like i can't imagine how you know um incapacitated he would have felt you know, having served all that time, been through so many things, and he couldn't even protect his own wife and daughter. But um, we've heard about it time and time again, you have these black women judges who think that they're, you know, being pro-black. And when you hear even our young ladies, we have to be so careful. You know, um, I was watching something about, I think it came up in my algorithm, because I was talking about how Steve Harvey and his wife, Marjorie, have a foundation that helps Black boys. And so because of that, something came up in my algorithm where they had a a camp for Black black girls. And I couldn't tell you how many times Black girls will say, I want to be a judge because I want to help the Black community. I want to be a lawyer because I want to help the Black community. I want to be a nurse or a doctor or a teacher because I want to help the Black community. And it's to the point where... You know, we've put it into black women's head that, oh, um, now you're going to cape for us. Now you're going to cape for our degeneracy. And I couldn't tell you how many countless black women judges are now being under heavy scrutiny, as they should, because they've been letting these people out on bail and putting them out onto the street and giving them light sentences. And a lot of the times when you look at these... um, reform panels or reform community um, outreach, it's women, right? It's it's black women giving them second, third, and fourth chances. And one of the things I've learned about um, how it works when you try to quote unquote reform or give them multiple chances, I couldn't tell you the countless times I've noticed. As soon as they hit the level of aggravated assault, you better trust and believe before they take you and or someone else out and themselves out, that is going to escalate to murder. By the time this 17-year-old, 13-year-old, 20-year-old, 30, 40-year-old has done some type of aggravated assault, you better trust and believe that in their last breath, they're going to either end up in jail for in prison for murder, Um, either they're going to kill themselves and or someone else, but it leads up to murder. Um, And so then you have these judges and these lawyers who are defending these type of people and saying that they can be reformed, but the stats and the numbers are not lying. And I think the community is fed up with it. You know, I think that the days of us trying to cape and try to carry that cross and that burden, those days are over. Those days are over. I kind of shared a little bit in the last podcast how... It was interesting for me to experience what it was like to sit in a room of about 150, maybe 190 people. And um, it's it's one of those things where you hear how much hurt and pain is caused um, with the loss of a life, you know, And as a whole, we're not, I I mentioned how, you know, (laughs) it was mostly white people that were kind of putting their foot down and at the preliminary, you know, you're supposed to give your statements. And part of the part of it, I think that they knew that they weren't going to serve anyways, but it was just kind of like sending a message to him, like, you know, if you murdered someone. You know, like, I don't think I can sit here and try to let you off the hook. And, you know, the lawyer will say, well, you know, we have these codes. Maybe it's not murder. Maybe it could be manslaughter because he was provoked. But again, as I close out here, I have to give kudos. I think that um, I think he was a uh, Hispanic guy, right? Um, He was a little bit on the chunky side, a little bit of like the really curly hair And type of thing, one of the youngest in the room, but he said, I'm an adult and I'm not going to let something provoke me to where I have to take someone's life. And believe it or not, as much as I say that the white people, you know, both men and women kind of put their little slick statements in there. It was his courage. He was like, I think, juror number like, maybe seven or eight or something like that. So, you know, the first ones, they kind of fumbled through what they have to get through and that type of thing. Um, But when it got to him, I mean, it just changed the whole tone for the, you know, beginning of day one and, and going into day two. But... You know, I think I've I've been leaning towards, and I know Divine Source has been working with me on this. Age of Aquarius is very much about individual. So, P- age of um age of Pisces was about the collective, and age of the collective, that's where you would have people like Bill Cosby be able to say, "Well, Harvey H- Weinstein did it, and Elvis Presley did it, and Hugh Hefner did it," and got to point his finger and hide under, you know, collective, you know, men. Other men, other white men. Age of Aquarius is very much about good and bad. So it's not all good, all black people are good, not all black people are bad, not all Hispanic people are good, not all Hispanic people are bad. Um, same thing with, with white, right? It's going to come down to moral code. Are you doing good or bad, right? And it, it it can be a little bit difficult because I think that as a collective, we do sort of move a certain way. But I think that we're at the inception of the age of Aquarius where we're learning how to take people at, you know, matching the energy. And so maybe 50, you know, I, I did a podcast on this. There was a book that talks about the like, not the decans, but every 20 years has its its cycles. And so. Even 20 years from now, you know, and even 20 and 40 years from now, so kids who are in high school, junior high, kindergarten, are going to be more in that individual mindset, right? I don't care what, you know, Billy Bob did. I don't care what Big Burly Shirley did. I don't care what Becky Marie and Ling Ling did. What are you doing? Okay? These are the codes. You know, and I think that for Black women, we need to get on board with it too. I think that if right is right, right is right; if wrong is wrong, wrong right is wrong. And I think that it's unfortunate because a lot of these women who came before us were trying to be pro-Black and they're trying to help the community, and now it's costing them. They're losing their jobs. They're getting under that scrutiny, and a lot of the um, community being fed up. You know, a lot. Of them, it's been said before, and it kind of sucks, but we gotta hold the L. We got to hold the L um, in the sense of, you know, I used to be one of those people and I still have the content up. I haven't put up another podcast to um, counteract it or to neutralize it or pH balance it out. But I and, and so but I part of the reason I left that one up, too, is because I still have I think that the things I said about like police brutality are still legitimate from the sense that I was looking at it. But um I think about how many times I was just kind of siding with, you know, with stuff. But then now it's times where I'll say, wait a minute, Um, I'm not going to just cape with this person because the person is black. And they just they obviously did something wrong. One that's really um, problematic for me. And I, if I lose, you know, the few listeners that I have, it just is what it is. But this was because um, I analyzed things and it was um, a turning point for me. But um, I don't know if you remember the Micaiah Bryant one. And so there was an altercation. There was a fight. And this is actually would fall under, you know, um, provocation type of a thing. But the same question I had in the last podcast that I have with this one is, why do you even have a knife? You know what I'm saying? like, And and you even want to talk about being male identified at some point too. Right? Something I would think that a, a, a man would do. But so, you know, the split decision that that officer had to make, you know, I kind of thought it to myself. But I'm like, that girl that was in pink, she needs to thank that officer because he saved her life. You know, that girl was getting ready to be ripped right the hell open and so you talk about um her you know the makaya girl being a, a a minor and you know she's the one that was being aggressed upon it's like to what degree the officer had all that information and so then a lot of people were like oh police brutality police i can't say police brutality all i saw were two women fighting and one of them was getting ready to hacky sack the other one you know what I'm saying? Now, if it's kind of like one of those things where they're in their separate corners and then it's like, oh, OK, you're getting ready to stab her. OK, you're a minor. OK, um, you're you know, she's the aggressor and then you can kind of sort things out. But it, it, that's not how it goes down. And so you had a lot of people just really upset. And it's like, I'm sorry, he made the best decision in that in that in that moment in time. Now, that being said, I mentioned before, I live in a nice neighborhood predominantly white. This is before the other black um, people moved in. And I've had an officer pull a a gun on me in front of my own house. Right. I was walking to my car. I had passed them. No problem. They hadn't tried to stop or apprehend me or anything. And then all of a sudden um, I had walked past them. And then I heard, hey, where are you going? I turn around and I'm looking down the barrel of a gun. Right. I'm walking to my car um had to end up explaining that to a judge and the judge had to um apparently they had to reprimand that person i've had situations where i remember i was really young 1920 um the car the the taillight in my car had gone out and i promise you the energy that he came at me i was so scared and so I'm really shy, like a, it's I'm much better now, but I was really shy, really shaken up to be pulled over because I already know the M.O. Um, one of my neighbors, actually, he just sold his house and his granddaughter, white. The police pulled her over and shot over 100 times into her car. Right. This is in supposed to be in a nice neighborhood. Right. And that's a white girl so what does my black ass look like getting pulled over by the police I didn't, and so he comes over and he was just super aggressive so angry and I you know, I told him um, he's like do you know your starlight is out and I'm like no I didn't know and he's like why well, are you supposed to you know um, you're supposed to address it and I'm like okay well whatever he gave me the highest mark I, I want to say I paid like maybe a hundred on that the, the fix a light thing And I remember thinking like it had escalated so much I was shaking like a leaf and I, 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 you know, at the time I used to be a Christian and it was just something about his energy he, he, when he left he was very angry, like I think he was ready to gather me by all my edges. I don't know, you know, I would just attribute it to my mom's prayers because he was so angry with me and it was to the point like it's funny but not funny, and it'd be like, "What is your name, man?" I'm like, "Me, me, <laughs> like could barely talk. I was shaking, license. You know what I'm saying? So I'm fully aware that. Oh, I've mentioned the time that I got pulled over, you know, um, because they were looking for someone that stole a, a black Honda, and um, I was in a white Lexus. You could tell I was, cause I remember when I thankfully drove away, um, that my hair was down. Cause usually I'll have it up in a ponytail, or you would you'd probably just see the silhouette of somebody and not be able to determine if it's a you know man or woman. But my hair was down. You know what I'm saying? I'm in a completely different type of car, and clearly not a man type of a thing, and and going through that experience. So I'm a fully aware that there are. Instances where you really do have bad apples in the police. Um, I don't know all of the solutions at this point in time. Um, but I also do know that there, are you know, the same way you have bad apples in the police force. We also have bad apples in the um, community. And you know what? It's interesting. I think let me just kind of sort this out a little bit because it just came to me. But you know how. Um, black officers, um, they allow their, not black, officers allow their bad apples to stay with them. They, they, they mammy them, right? They coddle them. And that's the same thing that happens with the black community. And so you can see how it creates a problem in both of those settings, right? I will pay more attention, but I can't say I've ever heard a officer, whether it be a black officer or it be a woman officer or, you know, any other officer say, we don't condone this, you know, the, the blue code. It's like you have the blue code and the black code, right? And those codes get us in trouble. In fact, one of the things that I, that was very prevalent when I was, you know, more entrenched in the black male pro black was Oh, you need to stay on code, black code. You got to stay on code. But when you start to pay attention to those codes, you know, I don't think that we should. I don't want to identify with anything that's degenerate. Like, I don't think being black should mean that it's synonymous with me taking up for a woman who is stealing, who abuses her children, who is, you know, um, into that type of stuff I still and so, and same way how you have um, the blue code it's like at all cost you know they have it very strict in their law enforcement that you don't talk bad about each other and they do it with their hazing practices part of the indoctrination of them getting you know Sworn in is you understand under no cost it doesn't matter if you know your partner is wrong, you know that's how you end up with these like uh thing like with with the chauvin you have these newbies, but they had already gone through training where it's kind of like this is your superior, you don't stop what he's doing, you don't interfere with what he's doing, and it will be interesting to see when it goes to trial. The dynamics of what it means to keep a blue code, and so but that's what's happening with with I think these black women judges and these black women who are championing and, and at the forefront of these reform and rehab things and let me just close out with this too um it's interesting until one day i'm just not recording anymore, and I'm just marked right but um the whole talk about releasing all of these felons back out into the into the public. And, you know, like, I think it, it all sounded like fun and games until you started to see the increase in crime rate. And then now I have to worry about my, my parents. They're, they're, you know, senior citizens. Um, now I have to worry about my 15-year-old niece, right? I have to worry about my safety, too. As a woman, right, Um, for my my minor niece, I I am very familiar, I think was it like a year ago, this guy was talking about how he would deliberately just look for black women to rape them and to assault them and just pick them up in a van and if he could um, mark them. And I had explained that to my brother and say, you need to make sure that she has protection when she's walking to and from school. You know, and so all of these things that we are fighting for, it's kind of like, oh, discrimination, discrimination. No, but did they do the crime though? I think that it's one of those things where we got dumbed down and we're majoring in the minors because are there people who um, are spending time for something that a crime they didn't commit? Yes. Yes, right. And it's a touchy subject because, you know, the same way you say, well, it's not as many, you know, it's a small number. It's the same dusty pathology of black men saying, well, a black woman being killed every five hours is not that bad. You know? Um, but anyways, let me hop off of here. I'm about to head on out. I just wanted to kind of fine tune some of the things I was saying. All right. Until the next podcast. Bye.